from St. Paul's second epistle to Timothy, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, friends. You know, I think uh, one of the great blessings of life, there are many, but one of the great blessings of life is, uh, is friendship. And I don't just mean a companion or a drinking buddy at Penn State. Got a bunch of friends like that. Um, but somebody actually who knows you and is interested in you and is concerned for your welfare. Someone whom you actually trust to confide in and not only confide in, but from whom you would actually seek advice. That's the kind of friend I'm describing here, the importance of someone in our lives, and hopefully there's several, that can speak into where we are and give us counsel and advice when we need it. And I think it's important to think about that for a second because if we think of advice, counsel, right, friendship, uh, there's really kind of two answers to that question. You can get advice about how you actually do something you've never done before, like how do I prep for the GRE or how do I install a light switch or how do I, I don't know, raise tadpoles, I don't know. Why I'd want to do that, I don't know, but say you wanted to raise tadpoles for a living. So you can ask somebody, how do I do this, right? But there's a second part of advice that I'm actually going to dial in on today, and it's actually a person who reminds someone, listen, of what they already know. The second piece of advice we're going to look at today is not instruction didactic, right? How do you do this or how do you do that? But really, the advice I'm after today is someone who reminds someone of something that they already know. This is really kind of fresh in my, my mind because just last week, somebody asked me about preaching, and I said, and they said, well, how do you come up with something to say? I said, well, simple. I never preach anything new because a new thing in preaching is going to be probably heresy, right? <laughs> so really what, what a preacher does is not teach new stuff, but actually remind people that already know the Lord in a church, remind them of what they already know. Because let's face it, let's be honest, right? Uh, everybody has got something. Everybody's got something going on in their heart right now. Every person in this church, including me, has something going on in our mind, in our life, in our family, whatever, that we're trying to figure out, that we're tr a problem we are trying to solve, a worry or a concern that consumes us, the struggles of this life that kind of pull our sight down rather than keeping our heads up and our eyes forward. Everybody's got something, amen? So here's the thing, if we are fortunate enough to have a friend who can speak into that and remind us of what we already know, that is what Paul does with Timothy today. Paul reminds Timothy with an encouragement, which means to give courage, right? And he does it, he explains how Paul gives Timothy his advice by reminding Timothy of three things. Paul reminds Timothy of his faith, right? Paul reminds Timothy of Paul's confidence in him. And then Paul reminds Timothy of God's power. Here's the advice we're going to talk about today, and it's important. In the Christian walk, we've got Paul reminds Timothy of his faith. Paul reminds Timothy of his confidence in Timothy. And then Paul reminds Timothy of God's 
power. So before we dive into the first thing about Paul reminding Timothy of his faith, the backstory is this. Paul is in the joint. He is in prison. He is about to be executed for his faith, and he knows the time is short. And it's interesting to me how what Paul spends his time doing from prison is not, you know, a long screed about how the the justice has not been served, right? I'm going to sue those filthy animals. That's not what he does. Paul takes the time to actually write a letter of encouragement to a young man named Timothy. And that's important because I think when we think of St. Paul, we think of, you know, Romans or Ephesians or Galatians, right, these great theological treatises of the New Testament. But Paul is really at his heart. Paul is a pastor. And a pastor at his core is an instructor, as Paul is, but also an encourager. So what's the deal? Timothy is a priest. He's at Ephesus. He's a young guy. We don't know how old he is, but he's a pretty young guy. Timothy was also not terribly healthy. He was frail. We don't know the details. We do know that Paul gives him some, some medical advice about what to do, and he says, Timothy, I know you're not feeling very well. Here's a home remedy for you. Have a little wine for your stomach. I don't get that at all, but have a little wine for your stomach, right? Apparently, Timothy not only is not very healthy, but he's also apparently not a very good speaker. He's, he is getting kicked back and forth by his parish at Ephesus. And, and in a word, Timothy is discouraged. He's, you ever been there? No, of course not. <laughs> of course. And that's why Paul gives Timothy three things to remind him of. Timothy, you're discouraged. Point number one, Paul reminds Timothy, listen, of the faith of his family who raised him. Let me show you this. Verse 5, Paul writes, Timothy, Timothy, I'm reminding you. There's that word. It occurs several times. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now lives in you. Listen to what he's saying. Timothy, I'm reminded of you, your faith, the faith of your grandmother, your mother, and now lives in you. See, this is the thing. Timothy's faith did not just fall out of the sky. Timothy was taught his faith by his mother and his grandmother. I mean, you can imagine, and this is pure speculation, that his mom or his grandmother took him to the temple or took him later on to church and taught him how to pray, told him about the, the Old Testament, and later when Christ comes along and they are converted to Christianity, that his mother and grandmother may have instructed him by literally living differently, by embodying the faith that had changed their lives. We always, well, I shouldn't always, we frequently think of faith as something you're taught. There's an old expression in Christianity that Christianity is not just taught, it's caught. And what I mean by that is we, we not only hear, read Scripture, we are, we are instructed into the things of God, but the thing, and maybe this is true, well, it is true for you, the people that really impact our lives are people that have faith that we look to, and we see how they are transformed by their own faith. So don't miss the point here. When Paul says, Timothy, you've got, you've got it, man. You've got the faith because you learned it from your mother and your grandmother, not just by instruction, but by example. I mean, imagine, Lois would encourage Timothy, you know, Timothy's a kid, you know, he scrapes his knee or whatever, who knows. You know, get it, it's okay, we got this, we're going to be all right. It's an encouragement. 
In other words, God puts people in our lives, God puts people in your life to encourage you. So here's a question. Is there someone in your family or in your life growing up, or even now, right, someone in your life who has encouraged you, maybe through instruction, but maybe also by watching how they handle the struggles that they go through themselves? Maybe it was your grandmother or your mother. Maybe her name was even Eunice. I don't know. That'd be weird. <laughs> I, I could tell you my own father had a profound impact on me as a boy. My dad was a uh, rags-to-riches guy, was CPA, worked for Smith Klein, that whole story. But the thing about, I love about my dad was that he was honest. He was a straight shooter. He was just like, bam. He would just tell you what he thought. He was an encourager. And not in a sort of schmaltzy kind of platitudes and false sincerity. You can do it, little buddy. No, nothing like that. He was the kind of guy that would say, hey, look, yeah, you kind of blew it here, but you can fix this. You can do this. Because my father had done it himself. He had learned it from his parents. I knew my dad always wanted what was best for me, even when I wrecked his car. He said, all right, you're going to fix it. You're going to pay for it. In fact, in fact, I'll give it to you. Oh, thanks, Dad. Then he went out and bought a Corvette. So it was all, <laughs> it was all an excuse. I'm kidding. He did actually do that, though. But here's the, I want you to think about this. This is what Paul is reminding Timothy and you this morning. Who in your life, maybe it's a grandmother or a grandfather or a family member or a friend or a priest, I don't know, who was an encourager of your faith? You know, I'll never forget, this is years ago, back when I was in New Jersey, uh, talking to a parent about religion. It always comes up, you know, if you're a priest walking around, you know, you're sitting there trying to eat lunch. Religion always comes up. It's part of the gig. But this person said to me, you know, we don't take our kids to church regularly. I figure when they're old enough, they'll figure it out themselves. And I said, well, how exactly? And they looked at me like I was, like, duh. I mean, I said, do you send them to, do you send them to school? Are they going to learn math on their own? Algebra? Trigonometry? Statistics? On their own? You see my point? God puts people in our lives to encourage us, to teach us. And we see the importance of encouragement by, by Timothy's parents and his family. That's Paul's first point, to be reminded and remind you, remind you of the faith that is already in you, that you've got. Be reminded when you struggle, when you wrestle, when you're scared, I'll get to that in a second, you've already got it in you. And then Paul leads to the second point. Paul reminds Timothy not only of Timothy's faith, but Paul's confidence in him. This is great. You know, probably the most important people in your life, outside of your family, are your friends. It's true for me, my spouse, my wife, my kids, but also your friends. They make a huge impact on the kind of person you become. And Scripture is absolutely clear about the importance of friends, to choose them wisely. There's an old expression we always use it in men's group. I don't know why. Maybe I'll use it on Wednesday. But it's an old men. It comes up frequently. Proverbs 27, 27. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. One person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Picture that. <laughs> Sharpening iron. If you're an iron, that can't be comfortable. <laughs> right? And that's kind of the point. That having a friend that can stand beside you, that has your best interests in mind, sometimes, sometimes if you're lucky, their advice and their counsel to you is going to sting a little. It might hurt a little, 
but it'll change you. It will mold you. Think of the people that you keep as your friends. Are you intentional about whom you spend your time with? Are you intentional about where you spend your time and who you spend your time with? Well, here's how you know. Do the people you spend your time with, do they encourage you? Or are they jealous and they bring it down and they're like, ah, you know, that, you, you've all known people like that, right? Maybe it's just me. I don't think so. A true friend is a person who encourages you, who strengthens you, who knows your strengths and your weaknesses, your fears, your aspirations, your great disappointments, and your great joys. And they love you anyway, and they want what's best for you. Even if sometimes iron sharpening iron stings a little. Paul writes Timothy, and then he writes, Paul writes Timothy in verse 4, that Paul, this is so cool, Paul is in, in prison, and Paul says, Timothy, I long to see you, that I, Paul, might be filled with joy. And he says, I am reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith. This is verse 4. Timothy, I'm reminded of your faith. As I sit here and write this letter, and I know that you're scared and afraid and unsure, I'm reminded, Timothy, of your faith, your sincere faith. And he says, because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. I want to stop there for a second. God did not, it's, think about what's going on here. It's subtle, but it's super important. Timothy is a Christian, and Paul says, Timothy, Paul, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. That word for fear is the word deleia. It's a Greek word, and it means cowardice. And then the word for power is the word dunamis, dynamite, dynamic, right? Think about it. Paul says, Timothy, you're cow and that word cowardice does not mean Timothy is running away from a battle. It means, you know, when you're afraid, you cower, right? You do. You're, even if it's just in your mind, you're like, oh, I can't take it, right? When you're fearful, you're like this. You're head down. Your eyes are on the ground. You're, in, you're fearful. And Paul says, Timothy, wait, wait. Hang on, Timothy. Hang on. God did not give you that spirit. He gave you a spirit of power. It's in you, whether you know it or not. It's like dynamite, a creative, explosive power. It's not natural. It's not part of who you are, Timothy. God gave it to you. Do you see what Paul's doing? This is so cool. Maybe that God, he says, look, this cowardice does not come from God. Fear does not come from God, but power does. And why say that? Why would you say, Timothy, God did not give you a spirit of cowardice, but of dunamis? Why would he say that? Because Timothy is scared. He's fearful. And so what Paul is saying is, Timothy, listen. God put this power within you, this dunamis. Lean into it. Lean into it. When I was in seminary, gosh, 18 years ago, um, this, people are always surprised to hear this, but when I went to seminary, I had no interest in preaching at all. Isn't that weird? I took one class in preaching. It was called homiletics in seminary. I didn't do very well in it. I got a, a C, I think, and I didn't like it. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I liked theology, and I liked liturgy, and I liked history and all that rigmarole, but I barely passed preaching, homiletics, and I didn't like it. And if you think about it, I mean, no one, unless you're a complete narcissist, no one likes public speaking. Is that fair? Right? 
by nature, I think we are all afraid to speak in public, including yours truly. I didn't like it. I didn't care about it. And I struggled. For the first couple years of my ordained ministry, I really struggled. And a, a priest friend of mine, his name is Father Vernon Austin, may he rest in peace, he once said to me, he goes, hey, I was complaining about preaching. And he said, look, he goes, he said, listen, Rodriguez, he said, stop worrying about how you're doing. Listen to this. He says, stop worrying about how you are doing and lead into the spirit of God that is within you. Trust in the grace of God. And I did, and it did change me. Do you see what Paul's point is and Father Austin's point is? Like, look, you've got this in you because God put it there. It's not part of your nature to be a person of power and strength and courage. Nope, it's not for you or for me. But God puts it there. And let me encourage you, friends, when you're fearful and you're not sure what to do and you're confused and everybody's got something, let me encourage you to lean into the grace of God. He's already given it to you. You already have this power, this dunamis. We were talking at Rector's Forum this morning about this hurricane in uh, Ian over across, across the peninsula. Kathy's sister lives there. Please pray for her, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. But there was one video of a woman with a cart behind her, like it was, a, it was a kid's trailer, walking through a trailer park, and it was completely flooded. And she was pulling everything she owned in this cart. You may have seen the video. And um, the, the, the interviewer said, what are you going to do? And she said, I'm a, I'm a strong person. Do you see that? This is the thing. That, doesn't come, that does not come naturally. It only comes from the Lord. And so this is the thing, too. You, you know this already if you stop and think about it. A real faith is a living faith. A real faith has been tested, tried in the fire. So let me ask you a question. I'll prove it to you in your own life. Where in your life in the past have you struggled and wrestled with something? And it can be anything at all. Anything at all. Health, marital issues, kids, Whatever it is, fill in the blank, everybody's got something. I want you to take some time and think back to where you were three months ago, six months ago, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever your situation might be. I want you to put yourself back where you were then in the spirit of cowardice and fear. Where are you now? See, God did get you through it because it's not about you. It's about God's strength. Dunamis working within you. And Paul reminds Timothy, and he reminds you too. This is why this is in the, the Bible. He reminds him of his family and his encouragement of his, his family, that his faith that grew through his family. But Paul also reminds Timothy of his own faith, sincere faith, which has been tried and is living in him. And if you're not sure about your own faith, I want you to think back to something in your own life and just remind it how God has gotten you where you are now. Always be prepared. You know this to offer a testimony for the hope that is in you, 1 Peter 3.15. So where in your past has that happened to you? And where can you look back now and see that God delivered you from that suffering? And then finally, Paul reminds Timothy of God's grace. Paul's encouragement, verse 14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. See, here's the point. To be discouraged and to be in doubt, to be defeated, to be in fear, that is a worldly reaction to suffering, and everybody falls prey to it. Everybody, I don't care who you are. Defeat and fear and cowardice, 
That is the world's reaction to fear. We stumble, we fall, we get back up. And what Paul is reminding Timothy and reminding you is stop relying on your own power. Stop trying to solve the problems on your own. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the encourager, right? Oddly enough, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to fix us where we cannot fix ourselves. My brothers and sisters, here's the thing. We are called to encourage and strengthen and embolden those around us by our own lives, by our encouragement of them, by also by our own example of how God has changed us. Because Jesus has already done this for you. He's already solved the problem. He's already got it figured out. And if you're discouraged or defeated, maybe it's because you're trying to solve the problem on your own rather than trying to lean into what he's already done for you. Paul is saying to Timothy, look, Timothy, here's the deal. God has a plan, and you are an integral part of it. God has a plan, and you are an integral part of it. Trust him. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the gift of encouragement for our family and friends that you place in our lives to encourage us, to sustain us in this life when we are fearful. Give us courage for our present struggles and help our own lives be an encouragement to those around us as we lean into the spirit you've placed within us, a spirit of power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.